the icons of real estate podcast. Are you ready to learn the proven money-making secrets from top producing icon agents? Ready to skyrocket your business? This podcast is for you. Tune in every week with your host, Tomasz Fonseca, and find out how to implement proven strategies to 10 times your business. From $3 million to $30 million in just 12 months. Brought to you by the Masters in Real Estate Marketing, Arter SEO. Welcome to the Icons of Real Estate. I'm Tim Calloway. We have a very special guest for you today from Southeast California, Kathy Muldoon with Sotheby. How are you? Great. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you here. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day on a Friday. Uh, I assume you're having pretty good weather there in the in, in Southeast California, as you always do. Yes, absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> Fantastic. So if I understand correctly, uh, Kathy, you deal in the in the luxury home arena, correct? Correct. I sell from, so everybody knows Palm Springs, right? Uh, but the Coachella Valley has several cities and I sell from Palm Springs all the way through to La Quinta. Okay. So that includes uh, Indian Wells, Ranch. Indio, all, all those areas, correct? Yeah. Rancho Mirage, Palm Desert. Love that area. Love it. Um, you know, I, I, I spent a little time there, not a lot, but I passed through a lot and when passing through, you have to stop, right? Um, Absolutely. <laughs> right. But it's wonderful. So let's start at the beginning, Kathy. How did you get started? Um, you know, what, what, you know, tell us your story. how did you get started and into where you got now, where you're at now? Yeah. Great question. So I'm from Minneapolis most recently before moving to the desert and I had started my career always in a service-related industry. I started in retail after college and worked for several retailers, working my way up with Ann Taylor to a district manager, but I couldn't relocate at that time. And that was really the plateau of where I could go in my market. So I had to think about what next. And I discovered an executive search firm, which is a headhunter, for lack of better words, you know, they go and find jobs for people. And it focused on the retail industry. So it was fabulous. So I joined an executive search firm. And my role was basically, I was hired by a company. And we would interview maybe 100 people, come up with three to five that they could hire, we'd submit them, and then we'd make that connection between the employee and the employer. And I evolved and had my own business for a long time. And when we made the decision for the weather right. <laughs> to move to the desert, I had to rethink about what I was going to do because corporations were hiring me in Minneapolis. And the desert is not a corporate rich environment, right? right. But what's predominant real estate and it was a great fit for me personally, because instead of connecting uh, homes or jobs with people, I was connecting homes. And a lot of similarities were um, involved in the process. It's a high stress, big decision for people. Right. You have to be able to negotiate. 
you have to be able to really make sure that there's a good fit, right? The worst thing I wanted to do when I was a headhunter was relocate a family across country if it wasn't going to be a good fit for them and wasn't going to make sense for them. So I take that same care and diligence in real estate. And I think that's really what's made me successful in it. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love hearing that, you know, um, especially when someone pivots, you know, it's, 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 it's a big deal to pivot into something maybe you're not used to, but you can take all that experience that you garnered and, and turn it into, you know, something successful. It, it's right. like, yeah. So you really, um, I know, you know, we talked a little bit before and, you know, you, you, you really have a, a knack for creating relationships versus just selling. You live by that, right? I do. It's so important to me. It means so much to me to be able to um, have a lasting relationship. It's not transactional. I, I learned that from my days in retail where, you know, some associates would just focus on that one dress sale or what have you. Right. And I, keep a database. I kept a book of clients. I'd reach out to them when a line went on sale or something new came in and they'd, I developed that repeat clientele. And I always found that that works really well. And it's more fun. It's more fun wow. to see people evolve over the years and buy and selling homes and seeing them reach whatever their goal is. Yeah. But you really, um, and, and you can elaborate on this a little bit. I, I, I know your community well enough to kind of know it, but I don't live it, right? right. Um, and and I, I've, I've lived in some communities that would be considered mid-sized. And you really become friends with them. I mean, it actually be kind of becomes yes. your life, right? Yes. We go to dinners. We connect when they come. So we're a second, third, fourth home market. Um, so people are in and out a lot of times. There are definitely full-time residents, but a lot are not. They're in and out for what we call the season. And it's so much fun when they come back into town and you can get together and it's not, um, you know, you're with a person. Sometimes I've helped people for a year and a half before they've found a home, right? Oh. Uh, you can't help but develop a fondness and a connection but during those times or when you're selling a house, you're really focused a lot of the, what's going on, right? Updates and communication, but it's about the real estate. So it's really fun to relax and just enjoy each other's company outside of that when it's all done. And you can see them um, really enjoy their new home or, or you can see where they've gone after selling and that, you know, maybe they've gone to a new destination or a larger home or a smaller home, but it's, it's really fun to stay connected to people. Nice. And it really becomes a, you know, that for others mentality, you know, you wake up every day and you realize I'm doing this for others, not so much myself. And right. Like I, I have a, and I realize, you know, there are some agents who do very few deals, right? So there's a pressure there. I'm very respectful of that, that, you know, it could, one deal could be 25% of their income and they have right. other pressures and stresses. I'm fortunate enough. I do a lot of business. So uh, uh, one deal 
it isn't going to make or break me. So I can right. take that out of my head and I can really focus on the client and their needs and achieving what they need to. If it's not the right house, it's not the right house. You know, um, I'd rather have them fulfilled and that will reap a lot more benefits, both personally, but also professionally. Right. So you do really, uh, you know, that is a very uh, luxurious home market there. And and this is just more for conversation than it is any kind of factual base, but because you're, you are a realtor, you're in the industry. Mm -hmm. the nice thing about that area, I always felt there was plenty of room for everyone. Um, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I do know the home values well enough there that, you know, there, there are folks that they're in the, in the mid, you know, price range as well as luxury. It's not just luxury, but right. um, so it's, it's a nice diverse area for sure. For sure. Um, so I was going to ask next, um, you, you know, we talked about the past uh, and kind of how you got to where you are now. Now we've had a really kind of crazy two and a half years, right? <laughs> yes. That's, maybe I <laughs> That's an understatement. That. Yeah, I, I understated that, but I try to be coy because <laughs> some people go, no, nah, awesome, man. What are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but, you know, we, we've had a kind of a, a, a crazy two and a half years. Um, tell me how you've adapted to, you know, the, the ups and downs. And, and we all have ups and downs. Don't get me wrong. But right. this has been in a very confined time frame and, and things as you say shifting you know um, the markets are shifting constantly especially with the Fed recently how do you pivot in that arena yeah great question and you know I think successful realtors do have to pivot and deal with change all the time um, aside from just the past two and a half years because our market does cycle right it goes up it goes down it's never the same so I think adaptation and the ability to like and embrace change it happens to be in my personality, uh, but it's a good foundation for anyone in the industry. And I think, you know, if you have a siloed path or vision of what has to happen, you're really going to get thrown for a loop often because so many things can change and you need to pivot and you need to keep, uh, everybody calm and collected and not take it personally, right? When something doesn't go exactly the way you thought it might, just embrace it and say, okay, well, where are we now and what are our paths for a great solution for everybody? Um, I think one of the interesting dynamics though that did happen in the past two and a half years, uh, like what we're doing right now is Zoom, right? In the beginning of COVID, we really had to adapt as far as real estate agents to technology um, in a way that we had not done so before because people needed to sell and needed to buy homes, but they couldn't get here, right? right. So they weren't, it, it went from, or, or a list pre-listing uh, consultation. Normally you do that in person. You couldn't necessarily yeah. do that. And we had to get comfortable building a relationship uh, without the vibe of being in person, but through Zoom or through FaceTime. And you really had to make sure, um, we did so many, uh, or I did so many sales with a FaceTime video, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're walking the person through the house and you're trying to see everything and show them everything. And having Google Maps and you know all of this technology 
Yeah. We utilized much more efficiently for me personally than mm -hmm. I had ever done before. And now, you know, I let, I will always go to a zoom call if I can't meet a person in person instead of a phone call now, because at least right. it gives us the connection of seeing one another. Right. And that's important that you, when you, the, the word is connection, you know, the, the yes. word there is connection and you have to have that connection. Um, obviously in this industry, you have to have that connection. Maybe elaborate just a little bit more on the difficulty level though, in creating that connection via a, a phone, you know, or a zoom call on a phone yes. versus, you know, you're, you're walking me through the city and you're walking me through the home, which that's so powerful. You know, I mean, we, we've right. been doing that for years, walking people through these homes and you can see it on their face and you can so different right. via zoom. Go ahead. So, so I'll give you a little of advice that I used to give when I was coaching, you know, new recruiters, right? Because half of our more than half, almost all my work was on the phone with candidates because they were anywhere in the country. It was very rare to find a candidate within oh, yeah. the state that I was for the right. particular position. So I was on the phone all the time. You know, back in the day, we used to call it dialing for dollars, right? right. <laughs> you know, for recruiting. Right. And so you had to almost um, be in a situation where you um, could visualize, visualize via the phone that the person was right there. So I always said tones, right? Your tone of voice, smile. Even if you're, they can't see you smile, it does change the tone and the pitch of your voice um, when you smile and and be energetic in your, you know. Don't be like lying down or what, whatever on the phone. Yeah. And all of that raises your energy level, which helps your tone on the phone. And then finally, you have to pause, right? You have to be able to listen to uh, and get that kind and ask, ask more questions than maybe you would normally because you can't like if we're together. I could see if you're looking confused, right? right? Or if you're pausing with a question on your face, but on the phone, you can't do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you have to ask more questions. How do you feel about that? Or, you know, so what's your take on what I just said? And, yeah. and help yourself with those clues that you wouldn't get normally on a phone. Right, no, I, think that, I think that's great advice. So uh, if I understand correctly, you're solo, correct? Uh, I am. Yeah. So tell me about that a little bit. Um, you know, you're, you you must be super busy then. Um, yes. How, how do you manage that day to day? Yes. And and don't get me wrong. Sotheby's has some great support. Oh, yeah. You know, I have a transaction coordinator right. who isn't my employee, but I go to. We have a whole marketing team, you know. Um, so I do have. Support. support that yeah, way for sure. but as far as an agent you know I when I'm a little bit of a control freak so <laughs> I have to probably say that uh impacts my decision a, a little bit I do have colleagues who I can rely on if I went on vacation or something so because mm -hmm. I, I don't like ever to be out of pocket for my my clients so if there's a time difference I always like to have something someone be accessible but I don't go on vacation that often. So it's 
it's really um, managing your time, time blocking for one, um, giving yourself downtime and exercise time and quality of life. But um, when you're on your own, you have to prior prioritize really well and decide how you're going to approach each day and everything can, you know, somebody might call up for a showing and you have to adjust, but staying organized, making lists, uh, really keeping communication going all helps the solo person, I think. Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like you've got a, a good toehold on it. So that's fantastic. So in your area, I, and just and there, here's the curveball. You know, I always promise, oh, don't worry, I'm not going to throw you any curveballs, but this would be the closest. All right, uh, give it to me. You wait. This is the closest we'll come to being a, a throwing you a curveball. Tell me how, just in the past six months, things have changed when it comes to actual deals closing, um, you know, volume wise. You know, okay, yeah. Really, yeah, I don't really want to get into the price of homes or anything like that, but. Um, you know, everybody's talking about it. There's two more Fed meetings, you know, in November and December. Um, so, you know, where have, how have things changed in the past six months over, say, last year, which was a great year for most? Yeah, great question. So I think um, the biggest thing for our market has been inventory, right? Um, a year ago, we pra we practically had no inventory right. um, for us, for in the desert, it was point. Uh, and one and a quarter months of inventory, which really for anybody um, who isn't that familiar, they say uh, a neutral market is three to six months worth of supply, right? Mm -hmm. If it's more than six months inventory, it's a buyer's market. If it's less than that, it's a seller's market. So right. if you think of a pendulum, we were way over on this side for a seller's market. Right. In just a year or in, and I know you asked for six months, but, um, you know, in we're double the inventory or almost double. We're at two months supply of inventory. So it's still really tight. But I think the shift when interest rates changed with in addition to inventory where buyers paused a little more, it was not that frenetic of, oh, my God, I have to make a decision in 15 minutes. Right. I've got. I've, I've got to go after anything regardless of the price. That is not happening anymore. Uh, buyers are more selective. If if the house is priced right for what it is, it sells very quickly still because we are still so low in inventory. But right. if it's off, you know, because it doesn't have the updates or the location, right. you'll see more price reductions now. You'll see things sitting a little longer on the market if they're not priced correctly and that's the biggest shift i think we've seen and and buyers are are now well what's going to happen in the next few months right well, now they try to get that wait and see attitude and it's like well you know, if you like the home let's buy it you know i mean that's exactly exactly and, and you'll see less um six months ago all contingencies were probably waived right, right. And they were just anything the seller wanted, the lease back, anything. <laughs> and now that's not contingencies are back in place. Yeah, you know, people there. There's more, much more negotiation. Yeah. So uh, a lot of builders in the area. Yes. No. Yeah, we we don't have a tremendous amount right. of 
blank space, but um, Palm Springs, this city of Palm Springs certainly had a lot of lots available from uh, a long history of leased land that the Native Americans had not developed. Mm -hmm. And you, mm -hmm. you see now a lot of that being developed. Nice. So uh, yeah. what are their what are their time frames? Is that still pretty uh, extenuous? I mean, are they still a year out on builds or? Yes, um, you know, they lost a lot of the uh, inspectors for the city wow. and supply chain delays. It's yeah. much better than it had been. You're seeing less delays, but usually it's eight about eight months. Well, definitely sounds like a place I'd like to be. So anybody who's uh, looking maybe to, to buy or sell in your area, or maybe they just want to contact you and ask you some questions about real estate in the market. How Absolutely. Would they get, yeah. How would they get in touch with you, Kathy? They can either give me a call, which is 760-898-7290, or my email is Kathy with a C, and then my first initial last name at cmuldoon.com. And I extend that to agents as well as clients. If anybody needs to know more about this market or has questions, just reach out to me. Okay. So this is the part where I, you know, I, I, I throw it back to you and, you know, let you give us the final word. This is your show. I'm just the facilitator. Um, you know, anything you want to talk about that we didn't cover or maybe a, a favorite pet you want to talk about? It's your, it's your, <laughs> your floor. Well, there's so many exciting things happening in the desert. And one of the really interesting things is our arena that is coming with a hockey team, ice hockey. Oh, I wow. know. Um, but what I was really excited about is it's about 17,000 in capacity. It's in Palm Springs. And not only having a hockey team, it's going to have amazing music venues. And for anybody who knows Coachella and Stagecoach, sure. we just get amazing musical talent here. So I'm super excited to uh, have that open up. Wow, that's awesome. I'm excited about that. I, I'm yeah, it's going to be really fun out. and different. Yeah, definitely want to check that out. Um, you know, I, I, I told you before that I lived in Arizona for some time. And it always cracked me up, you know, that there was a professional hockey team in Phoenix. Well, what? I know. The majority of people are like, oh, uh, okay, um, you know, what's this? And then now I'm in Southeast Florida, you know, down in West Palm, and we have a oh. hockey team here as well. But everybody's from up north, so it made sense, you know. Yeah, yeah. Canadians, people yeah. from Seattle. Is everything okay in Florida? No. Uh, for me, yes, I'm a, you know I'm on the southeast side. I'm uh, between that and the Panhandle. We we avoided. We did get uh, a ton of rain and wind. You know, I have a wicker chair that didn't make it. Okay, that's okay. About it. you know that's laughable. Uh, but no, it's pretty it's pretty uh pretty bad Intense. across Alligator Alley if you know what that is. Um, it's yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, Fort Myers is. Well, my gone. heart goes out to everybody. Yeah. For sure. Thank you so much. Um, that's it, uh, Kathy. Thank you so much for being on the show. I, I I really enjoyed hearing about the you know your area and and what you're doing out there, and and definitely want to get a chance maybe later on to talk to you again and see how things oh, are down the road. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Kathy. You have a great weekend and be safe. You too. Um, bye bye.